we're live. Let's go. Luca Nation, episode 936 of Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh, my. Tons of stuff to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news. Zion's hamstring not doing well. Apparently, the MVP race in the NBA has become about race. We could talk a little bit about that. Uh, John Morant, I'm really interested to see. You know, some people are selling. Some people are like, buy. And it would be interesting to hear kind of your perspective on his market. We could talk baseball. If you guys want to listen, last night we posted the Daddy Rips Mr. DPZ show. Talks about prospect and Bowman releases. Daddy Rips has uh, the privilege of seeing a lot of different products breaking and all that. So he knows not just the players, but he knows the product. He sees what's in demand. So before we do any of that, Cage, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. We got a lot to talk. This may be a marathon episode. If you're one of those people that's on, on a treadmill – and listen to us and you listen and you stay on the treadmill to the end uh go Good. right ahead and get your sweat on right just be just just hunker down maybe you know maybe take it down a little bit don't go the full like what's a fast treadmill like uh 3.1 3.2 that's what i usually do on the treadmill and i could do it for like five minutes why are you laughing at me are you calling me fat are you saying i'm out of shape i think you are one minute in and you're already laughing at me and my health <laughs> I don't like it. No, I don't like no, it. No. And it makes me want to open up my two liter bottle of Cherry Zero and just show you how healthy I am, man. No calories I will say, in this. Oh, oh, apparently calling someone fat or obese is insulting these days. Well, I most people probably wouldn't take it as a compliment. You know what I mean? But anyway, listen, we're going to skip past that. We're now, I have too much to talk about to get bogged down in, in whether or not I'm fat. I am. Move on. You've win that one. So, have you weighed yourself recently? You I haven't, did. I weighed you haven't myself. chugged into the Fit Fam in a while. I weighed my, no, I, I got to get on that. I'd argue gotta, <laughs> ever since we haven't uh, jumped into the Fit Fam, you know, it's been unraveling. Things have been so around. You got to get back I'll into get, the Fit I'll fam. get back into the Fit Fam 100%. It's a good good call out. I need to get back in there. But around, I would say around Christmas time, New Year's, when I got to my lightest weight. And, you know, a little holidays, a little New Year celebration, you know, I kind of, I'm still getting healthy. I'm still eating healthy and the whole deal. Uh, put a little bit on, on vacation. I'm probably about 10 pounds heavier than I was around Christmas. I put, you know, I lost 70 pounds. I probably put about 10 back on. Um, I got, you know, summer coming up, you know, I got work going on in my pool, my backyard makes me think about summer, makes me think about, you know, warmer weather coming, the sun is shining today. So I, you know, I actually woke up this morning, I, I, I bought some healthier food, um, you know, get the house stocked with more healthy stuff and, uh, you know, I'll get right back to it. So I will get in that. I'll get 100% in that. So uh, you have a lot of good topics out there. I do want to start off with a couple of fun ones. Number one, it's International Women's Day. So if you have not seen my story yet, please take a look at it. We have, I mean, it's it's amazing because I'm sure I missed dozens of names. But as I typed the women who I interact with in the hobby, the lines just, it just, like, it, I had to make it very small. The amount of, there's a lot of names, a lot of great breakers, a lot of great content creators, a lot of people who, you know, work behind the scenes, a lot of people who have their own companies in the hobby. Um, and that's only grown. And I'm sure we make a post like this um, next year when we're doing this, that there will be even more names. So if you haven't seen it, take a look. I, um, you know, I kind of piggybacked on a couple of posts from, from Sarah Layton, from uh, Yanks Chicks, you know, from Reckless, I know. <laughs> um, 
And, Janchik. you know, oh, yeah, Janchik. You thought it was just a foreign name, but it's Yanks, like Yankees. But a famous yeah, so, Eastern European name. But I piggybacked on that, and I put all those stuff in there, and there were some accounts I wasn't following. I'm now following. Mikey. It's um, Mika, a famous Mika, German. A famous German <laughs> name. Yes, you doofus. But so anyway, guys, you know, get, take a look. It's in my story. Um, follow these, follow the, you know, the accounts that are in there if you can. Um, that's, that's numero uno. I got another great I got a lot of great messages, man. Um, got a lot of great messages. One um, one of our listeners, um, RG, I think he's going to be at the Brigandi Collectors Night that I'm going to be at um, tomorrow. By the time you listen, it's probably today, Thursday night, March 9th. I think there's a couple of tickets available. Hang out with me and Rick Probstein. Watch me basically beg Rick Probstein to follow me. It's like, like I said, David Letterman and uh, and um, you know Oprah. I'm like, Rick. Come on. What do I got to do to make Rick the list? Do I got to do a little dance? He doesn't follow me. Probstein Auctions, I think, does. But Rick himself, I need a Rick follow. It's very different. He's going to follow and then unfollow. He's going he's gonna to Rick roll me. That's what Rick does. So um, we got that coming tomorrow. One of the messages I got, which was really awesome, was somebody used our code for Beckett. And they got some tickets graded. Right? And they showed the tickets. Awesome slabs on the tickets. But what I thought was really cool about the Beckett ticket grading was how detailed they were able to get on the labels. There was a, an F1 ticket. There was a soccer ticket. It was, you know, a debut ticket, a Joe Burrow ticket. And it listed, like, you know, all of what you wanted, almost like a vanity plate on a car. Like, you know, this is what Joe Burrow did as a rookie. To, I mean, so, it, you know, Beckett seems to be, I'd say, accommodating on what you can put on the slab if it's you know a specific ticket a debut whatever it is you can get that right in the you know in the Beckett label on your ticket and that was something that was called out by you know this individual who, who sent me some pictures and stuff like that maybe we could share them um Beck is doing a bunch of stuff like that obviously let me um you know I'm gonna be at the Philly show this weekend I know Beckett will be there taking submissions um and in addition to that uh it's Dallas show this weekend and Beckett is going to be doing their on-site, you know, that turnaround where you can give them cards at the show and you can get them back at the show. Um, you know, Dallas is right in their backyard. So if you have cards that you want to get graded at the Dallas show, bring them. Beckett's going to be doing their, you know, their, their, their turnaround there. Um, you know, Beckett's had a lot of shows taking cards, but that's a cool thing. We've talked about that. We've talked about, you know, what you can do with that on-site grading turnaround. Um, it just changes the dynamic of a show. It takes raw cards and adds some value to them. You know, it, you know, it allows people to make deals. We've done it ourselves. We did it at the national where we had a card graded by Beckett at the national, and use that card plus cash to get into a bigger card that we then sold. I mean, it's, it's you know, the two of us as a combo deal. We don't do that too often, yeah. but we did it at the yeah. National. And um, that was a, you Probably know. Probably won't a, do it again. Uh, yes, we will. Come on now. Um, but, I mean, so anyway, guys, obviously, big things going on at Beckett. We'll have, you know, tons of announcements for you guys as we continue to partner with them uh, this year. But, yeah, the, the on-site grading um, – you can't really beat that if you're going to a show and you have a card and you're able to give it to them, have it graded, and it, you know it turns it into a, an entirely different asset. Um, speaking of grading, unless you want to add anything to that, I want to add something to that. So Please. let's say you're at the show and you don't want to wait in line. Uh, there's uh, two companies that I, I've spoken with because I, I sent two cards to get graded. I sent uh, nice. Mahomes rookie, uh, the Prism. I had a PSA nine. I think it's worthy of a BGS nine five. Uh, 
I am a little bit worried that I might have dinged it cracking. No! Uh, it By the way, we should do a whole episode on that. Whole yeah, episode don't, crack. don't crack cards when you – right after you drink coffee or if you're agitated, basically. Or a lesson I learned from Andrew this week is don't do crack before you go on a live. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, probably actually crack. smart. No, yeah, don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so nine fives only. That's all right. That's cool. Listen, I have some cards I'd love to get graded there. I wish. I, I mean, I wish I could fly to multiple shows. It's sort of the dilemma the Black Jet Wolf has. Half our team is so going to be in Philly, and half our team is going to be in Dallas this week with the two shows. Just like this, grade these cards mm-hmm. on IG. Uh, you could reach out to grade them. These I cards. Message the. I already messaged them and asked, like, "Hey, what, what?" Like, obviously, people could send you guys cards, and you'll grade it for them. It was a buck twenty-five. Uh, I believe. Don't quote me. Maybe they're taking uh, a little bit more than that, but I believe it was one hundred twenty-five. You'll get the cards back by the end of the show. Uh, but if you're there and you don't want to wait in line, what you could do is you would give them their your cards. They'll sub them for you, and you could go enjoy the, the card the show experience and get there the cards go. back. And uh, Texas Road. Uh, Texas Roadshow Shop also does it. We know Jimmy, yeah, uh, Jimmy. and Tracy. Texas Roadhouse is good barbecue by me, but Texas Roadshow, the card stop, that's good stuff. I mean, listen, there's a couple things I'd love to be done differently, right? I mean, uh, really? I'd love for some of the vaulting companies to be better at having the ability to take your cards to a show or have them take your cards to the show for you. I mean, they're going to be there anyway. You know, I have some cards in the PWCC vault that I would love if, if they've done it at other shows. I, I know they have. Um, I think they might have done it Dallas previously, or maybe they did it at Burbank previously. I, I don't. I don't know. Let exactly, me play devil's advocate. A shoot. lot of responsibility, man. Because well, they're already charging you for insurance anyway, and they're charging you to like a like a reduced shipping cost just to take it there, right? So I'm not saying to do it for free. I'm not saying, hey, let me send a message over and click on my account. Please take this and get it graded for me for nothing. You know, if, if there's responsibility, then you get charged for it. But if you get What I get- mean is, let, let me break it down. And, and you could push back. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, when they're in the vault, yes, they're paying insurance, but it's, it's a controlled mm-hmm. environment, right? Yes. They built this vault or they own this vault or maybe they rent this vault. I, I, I don't know. But they, it's a controlled environment. When you take it out of that controlled environment and you're on a plane, you have to give baggage, you're you're losing that that element of control. And to me, as a business operator, that'd be scary. Okay. I'd be taking on a tremendous amount of risk without So I think the only answer I'd have for you is one, I would hope that their insurance would be something that would cover all of that. And obviously yep. the buyer who is now taking it out of the vault and moving it to the Dallas show, let's say, or the Burbank show or Mint Collective to get the car graded for them knows the risks that are inherent there and understands that the company is going to be providing insurance for that while it's in care and custody, you name it. But more importantly, Andrew, and I understand what you're saying is everyone's vaulted. So this provides a differentiator. And I'm sure there are going to be companies that side with you. It's not devil's advocate. It's a valid, valid point and a great argument that maybe the vaulting entity does not want to undertake the risk and move cards and transfer cards and the whole deal. Maybe you only do it with a certain number of cards per person or a certain value level of cards per person. I'm sure there's ways to do it. I guess it's just one of those things I have thought about because I have some cards in vaults that I would love, like, I'd love to have them take it and get it graded. Can I push back a second time? Please, so, we're so, back the whole episode. I love it. There's different I, – I think that it would be easier to have a graphic of this, but like I finally got my Jokic in it, so I'll show it all. So like this Jokic 10, we, we all know relatively what the card price is, and I could get mm-hmm. that card back again. Mm-hmm. But I also had a Mahomes one of one, right? So we talk about insurance. 
But let's say the this is easy to comp. We know what this goes for, right? And if, yeah. you, if they lost it in transit, they're like, okay, the last one sold for twenty five hundred. Well, we'll give you three k because of our error. We'll take care of it. But what about like a one of one? What about your mantle five? How are yeah. they ever going to be able to get you that card back because you love that card? That's a that's a unique card. That's an NFT in theory. Uh, I'm with you. I a hundred percent. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's just one of those things that that the buyer would have to be aware of the risk for that. Just like any yeah. risk of sending a card or shipping a card or any of that, it, it, it does bear some, um, you know, some risk to it. A hundred percent. Like a checkbox. Um, like I acknowledge <clears throat> the risks, and this is the insurance value of the card you're taking out. So, yeah. and then you okay, cool. That makes yeah. sense. Or like, hey, we're providing insurance for this, but the insurance for the in transit is different than when in the insurance in the vault. You know, this is only going to cover for this, or it's going to only cover that. Like, you know, it sounds like a little bit of drama, but it's just one of those things, right? Where everybody's doing a vault, you're providing a service for people. You have can leverage your business relationships with the grading companies. I would expect you to do it. And what's funny is, I'm I know PWCC has done it, and I know if you click in there, you know there is a trade show. I just yeah. don't see one available now. I, I don't I don't remember what the last one it might have been for Burbank or it might have been for you know for I don't even know the last Dallas show. I, I don't know exactly which one it was for. Can we stick with grading for a second, right? Because we've yeah. got the Beckett tickets, um, we've got Beckett um, you know, on grading site. at Dallas doing their on site basically, you know, on you know, during show turnaround for those cards. I sent a very small PSA order. In December, twenty nine cards. Okay, I think I've mentioned this before, right? Um, twenty nine cards, smaller twenty nine cards, and I it was it was marked like they started working on it December seventh. Yesterday was March seventh, right? So I think it was one of the specials, one of the fifteen dollar ones. So one hundred and twenty days is like the outside limit. So it's well within there. I'm not complaining, no complaint whatsoever. Just kind of talking through this because I think it's going to take us in a couple different directions, and I have some questions for you about it. Right. So number one, it sat in assembly for over a month. Assembly, not grading. And I will give PSA customer service some credit. They picked the phone up after six or seven. I, I did like a callback. They called me like six hours later. And they told me for some reason my cards were shipped from California to New Jersey. And they had to be shipped back. I don't understand why, but that was what the whole delay was with assembly. They finally, you know, they answered me on like Twitter. Like I tried everything. It was sitting in QA2 for the last 12 days been in QA2 since I was on vacation, okay? And every day, I'm like, whoa, let me see. I want my cards. I want to see my cards. I was hoping to get some back for the Philly show. There's a Maxi in there. There's a couple of other cards in there that I would have liked to have got back, which I, I, I didn't. But it is what it is. I'll have them back hopefully by Mint because today, about 10 minutes before we decided to hop on here and record, I didn't get an email. I really was refreshing to hope QA2. Like, I'll refresh this thing like 10 times a day. <laughs> That's I'm that kind of a dork. I understand. It says shipping and the grades popped. And I got six tens out of 29 cards. Six. I got more sixes than I got are these tens. Pack, are these pack pulled? Now. Now. We're going to go a bunch of different ways. Number one, that's not me crapping on PSA. I knew several of these were not going to be tens when I graded them. And I still graded them. A lot of them were from 
the medal, the Skybox medal championship 2021 with all the chipping and stuff like that. So a lot of those got sixes. I had some like PMGs. Wow. I have a Trevor Lawrence PMG in there that I knew was chipping like crazy. A pink one out of 75. That got a six. I got a Coco Golf, you know, tennis out of six. I got I got a six. Um, the women Alcaraz. Women's Alcaraz. I, I had a I had a Josh. I got two Josh Giddies. One PMG red and one auto of Giddy. Both got sixes. So I got a lot of sixes, but I mean, a lot of those you'd expect. PSA is on a campaign. They're making sixes cool again. Make sixes. Make cool sixes again. great again. Make sixes great again or something. But so so that is it's okay. It is what it is, right? You guys steal I, it. I want royalties. Don't go like trademarking yeah, makes, my name like some. A other couple companies. of the cards I wasn't thrilled about. One of the metal ones was the Jordan Cut Above, which doesn't have the same kind of chipping. You know, that's the one. Remember, we talked about this. It was I was watching up, and you love that auction, and you yeah. like oh, and I, and I even went as far as to say, hey, there's more of these at PSA. I have one. Maybe mine gets a ten, and maybe the pop goes down eight. It should. Have, it was one you thought it would be a nine or a ten. Correct. Yes, that was it's it was a, it was a really nice card, and I was not expecting an eight. Definitely not. All right. I also sent in the Jambalaya Jalen Green. I had two Jalen Green cards in this that I was hoping for a ten on both. I got a nine on both. One was that Jambalaya Jalen Green, and the other one really kind of was annoying to me because I sent in three Prism cards. All right. I sent in a Mobley rookie that got a ten base. I sent in a Giddy rookie. That got a 10 base. My Jalen Green, I pulled the diamond. You know, the, the out of 75, the diamond anniversary, Jalen Green. 75th anniversary? The 75th anniversary, yeah. It's the diamond with the diamonds on it, the whole deal. That's a nice card, and it was in really nice shape. And I sent that in, and they gave me a 9 on that one. So that one I would have liked to have gotten a 10 on. It is what it is. But go ahead. Shoot. Hunch, just so you yeah. guys – no, my theory, I think those 75th anniversary cards are going to hold a little bit of value. Like if you I wanted like to invest in this rookie class, it, um, another card I sent to Beckett actually was the, you know, the Kobe at 50th. Yep. You remember that? Yeah, I think course. this Prism 75th might have uh, the same kind of appeal not to cut you off. No, I'm, listen, no, no cut off at all. Um, it was, it's going to, it's going to lead into, you know, a couple of things. Cause I don't want to just question, say that. What's the hypothesis? What's the take? Oh no. So, so nothing, nothing in that at all. Couple of cards. So I sent in some overtime elite, you know, the foil ones. Remember those original ones that were like the tops now where they were limited and stuff like that. And those got shipped in little containers and stuff. I sent like my two best Thompson twin ones. You know, one got a nine and the other got an eight. Um, you know, some Bowman stuff that was pack pulled. So here's the a negative and then I'll go a positive. The thing that surprised me the most was I sent this in right after I had opened some um, some 2022 tops update. You know, I opened a box in a 2022 op- tops update, and it had basically the paper rookies, right? Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Jeremy Pena. And I like to get a couple of those, just like I was doing, remember, Bo Bichette rookies. I like to have the baseball rookies. I like the update. I like the paper update. So I sent in my best two Julios, my best Pena, and my best Bobby Witt Jr., so I just sent it, just four cards. And remember, it is what it is. I picked them out. Like I actually took a, took a Bobby Witt aside and didn't send it in. Two Julios, Bobby Tops, Witt, Pena. Tops, Tops update rookies. Update. The, 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 metal, the metal release and a few prisms. Right. So just, you know, it was a, it was a random assortment. But these cards, 
unlike the metal that I was saying, all right, you know, uh, I, I expect lower grades. I'm not expecting tens. These are chipped. These are ones that I legitimately opened with Ian, took the best ones, put in plastic, put in sleeve, and sent out. You know, the 2022 update came out right before this submission I sent in, right? I didn't get a single 10. They were all nines, which is odd to me. Sample that, size. That to me, yeah. I mean, maybe if I sent in 50 of them, they would have given me some tens or whatever it is. I, I get it. And, you know, what was weird was, like, I had other cards that I was like, all right, you know, for my PC, some Griffey cards. Like, when Ian and I opened up Update last year, the 2021, we got a Griffey Jr. SP. Not an SSP, but a short print one where, you know, he's, he's like his hat, he's smiling, you know, and there's a short print card. And that card's been sitting in my basement for a year in a sleeve like, oh, if I get around to this, I'll send it in, whatever, I'll throw it, I'll add it in. That one got a 10, right? One that I had, I, I didn't like hermetically seal straight from the pack into the, that got it. So I'm not going to complain, you know, too much here and there about the cards. I would have liked some of, you know, some of the other ones to grade a little bit better. There's one other card, and this is, it's a fun one for baseball. And this will lead to a question for you. I doubt it. Okay. No, it will. I promise. Um, do you know who Sandy Alcantara is? Yeah. Okay. Who is he? Not he's a cap. Yeah. See, he's a pitcher for the Marlins. He won the Cy Young. Um, you know, good pitcher. But, you know, pitcher cards, they don't exactly, you know, they don't exactly kill it all the time. You know, people don't really love pitchers. <coughs> he was, uh, I mean, he was really good last year. You know, 2.28 ERA. He had a bunch of wins on a bad team. He's been good for, for you know, for a short while. And I opened up. Back in 2018, opened up 2018 Topps Chrome, which was his rookie year. And, you know, you pulled out all the good rookies from there. You weren't pulling out Sandy Alcantara rookie cards. But one of the one of the things that I – and you can pull this up if you want to over a share screen. One of the cards Ian and I got, and at the time we probably were like, ah, this is crap, was a 2018 Topps Chrome rookie autograph of Sandy Alcantara gold refractor. So out of 50. Nice. Gold out of 50, Sandy Alcantara Chrome. There's like a Beckett 95 with a 10 auto on there. You know, I think people are looking for four or five hundred bucks for them. If you want to see on, on eBay, they're there, or you can look it up on probably Card Ladder. A raw one sold for like 200 and something bucks the other day, 225 a raw one sold for. That card has literally been in like 73 different parts of my basement. I'm pretty sure it's an on card auto too. So it's a nice like auto. I've had it all over the place. You know, oh, maybe I'll get around to sending this one in. Maybe I'll send it in. You know, who the hell knows? I'll send. So I threw it into this one. If it got an eight, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, that that's the card right there, right? That card. Really nice card. Gold. Number to 50. That's on card, I think, right? I'm pretty sure it's it looks on like card. it. So nice card. And the autos are probably all tens. And there's my question. So anyway, I sent that I one in. It. I got a 10. But here's the question. I got a 10 on it. I sent it in as part of a value bulk submission. So it's just grading the card. Is that a card that I should now try to get the 10 auto and the 10 grade? And how do you feel about those? That's the question. <laughs> Even though it's a 10. Oh, what is wrong That's with a... you? I, 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 I... <laughs> I mean, you don't have an opinion on well, that? What was the point of all the buildup? 
I was shocked. Ask the question. Well, a couple things. Get. Number one, because do I you think taken, you should grade the autos with PSA? Because I've kind of taken no, that's not it. Because I've I've taken my 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 time now saying some of these cards are sixes and I'm not happy about that. Some of these cards are nine. I'm not happy. But look at this. You took the audience's time in every order. They're enjoying the storytelling. They're not all stoned like you for the entire time. You know what I, I mean? I so, haven't even smoked today. I no. thought I was getting high off that story. Well, like, there you go. That's no, the thing. He's like, he's I'm Listen, gonna it's, ask it's okay I'm for gonna you to ask say. I'm going to ask a question. All right. Shoot. You don't I have an answer? Ask, should you grade tens? I was ready. Like, what was he going to ask? Like, why, you know, why did PSA grade the ones that have been bouncing around the basement as a 10, but the new pack pulled ones as eights and nines? I was like, well, I think PSA knows that they make markets, so they can't give out a lot of tens right off the get. I thought that's what you were, you were going. <laughs> Should you grade 10 the auto grade? If you want to. <laughs> so Andrew, you know, what he's what he's saying there, of course, is you know, there is a, a discussion to be had about whether or not a card that's got an auto on it with a PSA slab 10 that doesn't have the auto grade, you know, is there value added? by trying to get the auto graded? Is it worth the extra price of also getting the auto graded? Is it um, is it something that you look at as a collector now who's been collecting for three, four, five years, and you see that card in a showcase and you see that it's graded at 10, but the auto's not graded. Do you now assume that maybe there's something wrong with the auto? Maybe the auto graded a nine and the person took it out of an auto grade card. Do I actually now have to go try to get the auto graded this way? Someone looking at that card doesn't look at it and say there's something wrong with it. We can move on. I know it's it's a stupid question. It didn't just well, spin off I into five topics for you question. to talk about and make yourself look like you actually want to talk about the hobby. That would be helpful. <laughs> but we can talk about Ja. I mean, we can, we can, we can talk about Jokic <laughs> well, again. Jokic. I don't know that. We should talk about Jokic with the vaccine, actually. Of course. But, uh, I've seen the 10 auto really matter. Specifically, ten ten. When it comes to NT and flawless, yes, I, I don't know. I don't know where this guy sits on like the pedigree of um, valid importance. Very valid point. Very valid. But when point. it comes it to like, like you saw Jalen Green, uh, the Nike swoosh uh, NT sell for like seventy thousand dollars, mainly because it's a PSA ten with those yep. thick cards. People love them in high grades. And a lot of the autos are also sort of smeared sometimes with those thicker cards. So yep. when you get the 10-10, you're like, wow. I know with um, the Jokic NT right now, which is kind of a popular card, the way Jokic signs, oftentimes there's a bit of a – it's really hard to get a 10 on Jokic auto. Same Not with so much, but it's well. like a run kind of thing. Correct. Uh, it's just like the, his name and the way he signs. So what, for Jokic, if there was a 10, PSA 10 of his in the NT, and you could also get a 10 auto – I think it would maybe, you know, increase the value of that card by 50%, 60%. But with the lower end cards, like if you kind of went with like a Tyrese Maxi, for example, you know, the Prism rookie signatures, I think it would matter, but I don't think it would matter substantially. All right. And for so, me, the challenge with the Sandy is I don't know that market well. I mean, it's valid. It's one of those cards that... But so here's the thing, like you give credit for card grading and market making. Look, I would have loved to have gotten a better grade on my Michael Jordan cut above. I would have liked to have gotten better grades and have for my collection, you know, some of those Bobby Witts or the Julio Rodriguez tops update. I would love to have those just, you know, put it away, put it in, you know, Ian stash or my own little baseball prospect one, a card like that, Sandy Alcantara. 
I would have sold probably for a hundred bucks. Now I see the raw. He, you know, he had a Cy Young. You know, two hundred raw. I can only imagine what a PSA ten of that card is worth. Five hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks, a thousand. I have no idea. And that's one of those things where I put twenty nine cards in for grading, and I spent four hundred and fifty dollars total. The whole grading experience is going to be made up for by that one card now. Um, pull up one other card for me. You can sure. pull it up on eBay if you want. But go ahead. My intuition says the ten ten would have been great. Remember, you're also paying for the extra grade, so there's yes. that. And I don't know, how, like, let's say this card you run it on auction, and it mm-hmm. would end at six hundred bucks with a PSA ten. Maybe it gets eight hundred with a right. So that's the question. I don't know. And is it worth it? And I don't even know how much it costs because, believe it or not, I've never graded autos. You know, like I've never actually paid to get an auto graded as like a dual auto with PSA. I've graded thousands of cards with them. Thousands. It's a, that's a relative. That's a COVID era improvement. They didn't used to so do that that much. Two more cards. One for you to look up, and then while I'm talking sure. about this, you can. So, so I like this card, and you know I'm a Griffey guy. So I, I submitted this one. I was Griffey. I was lucky enough to pull it in the metal case that I opened. That case that I probably should have sold the whole case. But anyway, it's a 2021 Skybox. You can say the Championship Galaxy Griffey, right? And you can pull that one up if you like. And while Andrew's pulling that up, one other card that I graded was another Jackie Moon semi-pro collector's edition from 2008 Upper Deck. Guys, if you were a longtime listener of the show, that card was a huge come up for anybody who listened to us, right? They were readily available in packs. Not that one. I'll, I'll, I'll guide you again. It's 2021 Championship Galaxy. You don't have to put a PSA on it. Just It's 2021. You can just put in Griffey... Um, uh, championship Galaxy for Griffey. Oh, this is hilarious. Up. This is a funny That one. card. So I will, I will, we focus on this and go on to Jackie Moon if you is like. Is this so acetate? That's a cool, it's acetate. It's see-through. It's like a, 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 a thicker stock on the card. There's not a lot of these out there. Um, and it's cool. It's Championship Galaxy. It's a different one. Obviously, he's in street clothes. He's got short arms. Uh, I don't know. I, I doubt it. But so I, sure. I, got, I hit one of these. And if you guys would go to the PSA, arms. he's got Desmond Bain looking arms. Oh my god! The Look, the, dude, they barely go to his. Head. You're just gonna and get he's, de- he's just gonna get. What I mean, it barely goes to his hips. What's the matter with you? Anyway, okay, Griffey Jr. has short arms. This is what you want to add. This is the hard hitting stuff that, that Andrew Scouts brings. Look at. Clearly, he's leaning over to one side. Clearly, and his number one prospect. So stubby. They barely reach his hips. He's got th- that's what made him successful. He's got that Desmond Bain approach. Oh short, God. compact swing. Okay, Kerry Jr. has short arms. So to the card itself that he just showed you, if you were to look right now at the PSA population report, there are no PSA tens of that card. Zero PSA tens of that card. Um that card right there. Championship the arms? Probably. I'm, I was a little surprised by that because it is an acetate card, and even though some of these cards have chipping and stuff uh, from the, from the this 2021 metal release, this card doesn't have the chipping. It doesn't have the foil over it. It's an acetate card. Anyway, I sent mine in, and I got the first 10. Let's go! I, I have a pop Dude. one PSA 10 of that card. So that's a cool – another cool one in there. Who too. does a build-up like Cage? A 14-minute yeah. monologue. So the hey, Jackie Moon – you know, Jackie Wood, I didn't get a 10. That would have been nice. If anybody has that 2008 semi-pro Jackie Moon in a PSA 10, I'm a buyer. Send that to me. Do you remember when we told folks to buy that card? Do you remember we told folks it was a three-card like, package? Harrison. 
right? With Woody Harrelson as Monix, uh, yeah. Andre 3000 was in it as Coffee Black, and then Jackie Moon, you had uh, Will Ferrell, all right? You could buy those for like 10 bucks for the three pack. Eight bucks for the three pack. I know our first cigar night was two people and Cage, and no one else was there. No one else was in attendance. But believe it or not, this invisible human actually was giving those away. I was, I was giving those away. You were giving those. You were giving. You had the packs, right? You gave one to Kevin Naganda. You had the sealed packs. Do me a favor because you don't do anything. A piece of gum inside. Can you do me a favor? Put in 2008 Upper Deck Semi Pro Pack into eBay right now. Has it gone up? From $10, just go ahead yeah. and put in what those cards, just put 2008, 2008 semi-pro, semi-pro, upper deck semi-pro will probably come up. You don't want to just do 2008 semi-pro because movie stuff will come up. But yeah. just take a look. I want Ooh, to forget share. Sh- you're supposed to, I wanted the reaction while you're sharing it. Share the screen so people can see. You, were, you had like a dozen of these. I brought a stack of them because I bought them for you. We gave every listener. 90 bucks it. for one card? Look what a sealed mind. You're not sharing. Look what the sealed stuff goes for. Look at your share what this stuff sells for. Because everybody loves Will Ferrell. Everybody loves the Jackie Moon. But look at what this stuff sells for. The the packs, 80 bucks, 100 bucks. If you get these things graded, oh my God, this they sell for a ton. Look, there's a PSA 9 right there. For a PSA 9, 100 for the that's what I got. I just I got I got a nine online. And it was it was my worst Mm -hmm. one, by the way. It was my worst one. Like I saved that one. I was like, I'll just keep a raw one. But yeah, I got a nine. PSA $949. It's crazy. And you were giving them away for free. Sealed packages. There might be a 10. If anybody I got one of those. I was taking care of friends. I was taking care of enemies. <laughs> you were giving them away for free. Now you were. You have no enemies. Keep that in I mind. I left. You have this no enemies. is the equivalent of leaving our equipment in Afghanistan, what I just did. <laughs> listen. No, but I mean, the, if people listen to us and bought those, please let us know. Because you guys paid eight, 10 bucks. And that, that's a nice little come up on those if you bought those. And if anybody nice. out there has a, everybody has probably more. If anybody has a ten of that Jackie Moon, I am a buyer. I'll take the ten. I want a ten. Bring the ten to me. I think there are some tens out there, but none on that one. Okay, that brings some us to used to charge a membership, sell picks, and at the same time they're selling you picks. They would sell cards into that demand. We never did that. We just gave plays. We just gave them, and they turned out like this. That was a good one, though. I mean, it's it, because people were thinking, oh, wow, celebrity cards. And I was like, I think this is Will Ferrell's first card. I think this could be a Will Ferrell rookie card. They and were sitting on eBay for like eight bucks, buy it now, the whole pack. The whole pack, eight wrapped bucks, it, buy it now. Wrapped in this like little bit Tons of plastic, of three yeah. cards and a piece of gum. Tons of them, yeah. I graded a bunch, and what these were giveaways in our Cigar Night little cigar packages for our NFT holders. People got who these. Was, people- who was that handsy guy at Cigar Night? I don't. You? Or was it? There was like the cup. Anyway, I mean, now, now I'm bringing back time. memories. You're handsy all the time. No, but I mean, listen. So that's a fun one, and I bring it up, of course, because I sent in my last raw Jackie Moon, and I got a nine. Ten would have been that would have been fantastic. Never would have been sold ever. Nine. I still may keep the nine. I like the nine. I think I have another nine, or, or you know, somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, so it was, a, it was an interesting order because even though there were six tens in it, that Alcantara is a nice 10, the Griffey's a nice 10, you know, there's a couple liquid, I don't know what a PSA 10 prism of Evan Mobley base or Josh Giddy base go for, but they're movable. You know what I mean? Like those are nice trade pieces or yeah. gauge. So I remember, so the 2019 prism mm-hmm. NBA. It was a well-made release, right? Like yes. we now know when we rip, rip packs, 
instantly you could be like, this was made, sh- this is a shitty release. This is well made. Like, I'm talking about quality and condition, right? Make sense? Yeah. PSA, think about what happens. So let's say top series one releases or tops update. Yep. Everyone sends cards in. So they get from zero, they get an influx of a specific set going yep. to them. Yep. And they can't just say, you remember we had KK sports cards and he told us 96% of the Juan Soto. Yeah, the Juan Soto chromes, yep. The update cards, yeah. Eventually, PSA is going to be like, well, if we just give out every one of these as 10s to this new release, we're going to kill the market before market's even going to be set. Yep. Valid. So I, th- I think with new releases, yeah, you want to be first to the market. Yeah, you want them to sub quickly. But you're basically competing against everybody else who's also subbing those cards. And they're only choosing the best of the best of the best, in my opinion, to give 10s. And I think if it doesn't meet that pristine, basically, standard, mm-hmm. they're going to ding it for new releases. I mean, what's the lesson there? Do you look for some of them and crack them? You know? Is my Jalen Green 9 uh, candidate to send to Beckett? Yeah, you know I would say I mean? new release with new uh, serial number from PSA. Eights and nines, not universally are worth taking a good look at. There we go. Gotta love it. Because I gotta you know cut above Jordan pulled. 8. We'll see what but happens. You also know it's pack pulled. So now you know it's basically manufacturer to breaker or person who ripped and then grading company. It's, it hasn't been, you know, dinged around everywhere. So. Yeah. Maybe that Alcantara is a candidate to send to Beckett for a 10-10 auto. 10 auto, 10 card maybe. We'll see. I'll have to see when it gets back in hand. I don't have any of these cards in hand. Literally, I spent a half hour on this because it was it, it was something I've been waiting for. It's the fun part of the hobby. I love graded returns. You get some access. Some of these cards I've had for years. Like that stupid Sandy Alcantara. That was not – I was not expecting that. You know, some of the other How ones I was expecting. How many guys listening also do this strategy that Cage sort of does where it's like he basically has a sub going out probably less now but every month, every two I months? Have every month. Every month. Even right now? Even right now. I have I currently of have 100, 148 cards sitting in grading presently right now what, that I sent in cards? the last month. Ra- all random stuff. A lot of TCG, a lot of Pokemon stuff. Stuff um, that Ian rips. Stuff that Ian rips. I have some older stuff. I have some stuff from Are the Are you 80s. strategic in buying the wax for Ian then too? Like knowing that if, they, if we hit here, we're going to send it in or just random? I buy whatever the new releases are. I try to buy my case. If it, if it doesn't have, you know, booster boxes, we do ETBs. And what I send in, we are strategic about. Basically any Charizard. But beyond that, there are VMAX cards. There are gold cards. There are cards that sell. You can look on, on eBay. This, other look. than the Zion Pulsar, does Ian care about the grading at all? He does. He does. I have his case, and we went through it last night to see what he wants to bring to Philly. Because we're going to Philly this weekend for the show. So he went through and he's like, this one is a nice one. This one is a Philly player. This one I might be able to trade. He took out some cards, you know, and he, 100%. Um, and look, e- even with him, I say, all right, well, are there any cards in your case that you don't want anymore? Cards that the last time you went through this. And, you know, he'll take out a lot of PSA 9s. You know, take out some of the baseball stuff that I gave him. He'll tell me you could sell this, and he hands me a stack of Kyle Lewis cards, and I tell him you might as well keep it or melt the plastic down because that's probably worth more than what the Kyle, had, Lewis, Kyle Lewis had a moment in time. He had a moment. I said he was going to be the rookie of the year. We were right. But the moment was just time with the greatest backlog in the history of sports <laughs> cards, right? Yes. Him and Tyler Hero, man. It's, it's true, and he was a good. He's a good player. 
I like hero. Sucks, Ian had a hero and Joker jersey were his two choices to wear today. He, he took the Joker. So Ian is wearing really? a Joker jersey to school today. Yes. When we first started scaling up this, whatever you want to call it, business podcast, when we were talking about bringing people on, Cage said, like, don't pay people on past results. You got to pay them for what they're doing today, right? Correct. Yep. And in sports, oftentimes it happens where you're kind of paying someone for past results and it really cripples your team. True. Do you think that Jokic right now with um, the narrative that's going on is getting um, this – because this year's performance standalone is actually better than any of his previous years that he won MVP. Correct. But he's actually – because he won MVP in previous years, I think he's getting more slander now. Does that make sense? Like maybe two previous years he, his MVP could have been questioned. This year it can't be questioned. But this year, it's being questioned more than either of the previous years. By who? And I find media. And media votes for MVP, if we could actually be honest. So media is the ones that are – like if, I don't know if you saw Perk, uh, JJ Reddick, Stephen A., you know, Drew Hanlon, who trains these guys. There's been a lot of topics of like you know only three guys since 1990 have been outside the top 10 in points per game and won MVP. Well, you can you can create stats to do whatever you want, but I'm gonna tell you this is just something that happens, right? So I don't think it's slander for his season this year. I think it's basically the argument becomes maybe he shouldn't have won it last year. I even mentioned that on the show right. recently. And so here's here's what the problem. Last year's done. It's not just Joker. Yes, but last year becomes relevant, right? Because these MVP awards, they are very subjective. Very subjective, right? Just like Rookie of the Year, just like you know Hall of Fame. Just these kind of awards, they're subjective voting. And you th- this joke is subjective. It's a hundred percent subjective. Wow. Okay. Well, it's being voted on by the media. They could right okay. now. It's like a jury. You can present all this evidence. You can present all this great stuff. But if the jury wants to find one way, they can find one way. They can ignore all the evidence. It's called jury nullification. It happens all the time. It shouldn't happen. They're supposed to follow the evidence and the whole deal. But if you're putting it in the hands of six people, those six people can get together and agree whatever they want. Just like if all the sports writers wanted to collude, they get together over dinner later and say, you know what? We think LeBron's having one hell of a year. He's the most valuable player. We're never going to get a chance to give it to him again. They could give it to him. I mean, it's just one of those things that could happen. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. So, so, but I guess really why this is not as, as big of a topic for me is because I watched Mike Trout play for a long time and now you have seen trout older you know not as a 20 something you see him as a 30 something and you see him break down and not have full years and your analysis of of mike trout is he had 40 home runs last year which wasn't the leader you know he he could be great he could be the mvp if he ever stayed on the field for more than 100 games 40 home runs and 100 yards in in half part of season i watched a five to seven year stretch where he was the most valuable player in the league Every single year, but now if you went by across four. But if you, but just for a second, if you went by the stats, if you went by the stats that matter, he would win the MVP. You could give him the MVP every year, and they did give it to him many years. And then there were years where he actually had better statistical seasons than the prior year where he had won the MVP, and they just couldn't keep giving the award to Mike Trout. That was Why the narrative. The giving and not earning with MVP, I guess. It, because, because it's you, it's, it's it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other, right? It's it, you know it's earning. There is no there is no way of earning because because earning means when you reach a certain number, you have earned it, right? And there is no point total that Jokic can reach, assist total, no career, no average for the season. There's no like it's not. Hey, Mike Trout hits 
50 home runs, 150 RBIs, and bats 300, he earned the MVP. It's still got to be given to him. There's no like target for him to reach where it's automatic, where he earns it. You know what I mean? So I think that's why people use the, the phrase, it's being given to him, awarded to him. Normally awards are something that are given. Yes, the player earns them as well. I, you know, that's why I say it's a six and a one and a half dozen. The other, but the the you can you can find articles on it. You find articles. You know, Trout deserves the MVP this year, but he just can't get it every year. We could call the MVP award the Mike Trout Award if we wanted to. We could give it to him every single year, and they just they can't <coughs> do that. And as I think some of the the conversation about that is, you know, Jokic is going to be the three time MVP. And I think, you know, some of the media you're talking about is saying, you know, there have been players who were better than him for a season over this three-year stretch. And now it starts to become a combined thing. Giannis might have been better last year. Or has, has Jokic really been the most valuable player over three years? And because it becomes almost like a three-year thing now instead of one year, other things that don't usually get to creep in, creep in like his playoff performance you know, the, the fact that he hasn't won and can he really be that valuable if he doesn't win when the MVP is supposed to be a regular season award <laughs> based just on what he does this year in the regular season. It's only – it's it, these awards, human nature does creep in. I think you I think you put it great then. I, I still think he's a runaway favorite for it this year. And if anybody gets it this year besides him, I think it would be kind of silly because the award is what the award is. It's who – had the most value to their team during this regular season. And and can you tell me anybody else who, who played the whole year and is more valuable to their team, right? I mean, everybody else who you'd even put up there as a name, right? Whether it be Durant, now he's got two teams and he couldn't stay healthy. Whether it be who? I mean, who? You can make an argument that maybe Damian Lillard is more valuable to his team, but... I mean, that team doesn't win at all. You know what I mean? What has that What has that team done with Lillard there? You, you know, so, I mean, Giannis, injured for a little while, has a, a very good supporting cast, didn't play the whole season. I would, You know, Embiid, same kind of scenario. Better supporting cast. I don't know. I don't the, the, this whole run for Embiid right now is very interesting. Just, just watch the game. The Sixers are stacked, man. Yeah. I mean, to call Embiid's cast. most valuable, look at his, look at the team. So, for Embiid... He's great, but he, and you he, have to stay on the out. court the whole time. Jokic has been durable, well, you know. That's a lot of the two, dude. You know who the most valuable player is for their team when he plays? Anthony Davis. Not really. you see what Anthony when Davis he, does when, when he, he has when two he, good games in a row. Dude, he looks like he's on the deathbed after when two he, games. When he is able to look, what he does. Realize what I'm saying. I'm not saying Anthony Davis is the MVP. I'm not saying he's Jokic. I'm not even saying he should be in the top a hundred. But when that team needs him to show up, and and he's healthy, and he can play, and he stays on the court for more than one or two games. He puts up not just stats, not meaningless empty stats. He puts up stats that are needed. He's on the boards. He's putting the ball back. Like he won that game last night against the Grizzlies, a shorthanded Grizzlies. I so what it. I would say is Tatum for me was the MVP of the first half of the season. Giannis was the MVP of the second half. Jokic is the only one that's done it for the full season. I figured out cool. AD there. We, you'll help me get to this point, but shoot, like when he's able to play, right? Yes. We think of when he's able to play as uh, something that's out of control, but fitness is fully within control. Fitness. There are ex- 
Yeah, like there's there's obviously things that could happen externalities. The issue with Anthony Davis is I guarantee you his fitness isn't where it needs to be. And that's oh, what sure. causes all of the lingering injuries. And that, you know this. When you're young, you just – you have natural fitness. Like there's guys that just – they could run all day and then you hit 25 and your body acts differently. You have to invest in your body, right? Yep, yep. AD, when he was young, his, he, he, was just, he was just a freak athlete. And I don't. I think a lot of times when you're a freak athlete, you don't realize that you have to actually invest in the habits to keep yourself. Uh, too on bad the LeBron doesn't make his teammates better because of all the people that teach him about the importance of you know of keeping you your body so, in right? shape and the whole deal. LeBron, that would that would be something that would rub off. But 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 dude, I mean, if we want to talk about that, I don't know what, it be, what happens behind the scenes. But there was this thing called the Breakfast Club, where uh, Tim Grover used to train Michael Jordan. It's so funny you say the Breakfast Club. I thought about this that. today. I call, I thought Scotty Pippen and Harper would come over Jordan's house and other teammates. And they would all train together at 5, 6, or 7 a.m. And if you trained hard enough, then Jordan would say you could eat here for breakfast. You could stay for breakfast. If huh. you didn't train hard enough, you couldn't stay for breakfast. So Jordan, not only did he train hard in the mornings and he had Tim Grover, he also, once he built that trust with teammates, he invited them, so to speak, to come train with him in the mornings. So there is also taking care of your body, but there's that point to like making your – and I don't know. Maybe LeBron does that. We don't know that behind the scenes. I mean, I only say the breakfast club because I was thinking about this today. After we had our conversation about the Chris Rock comedy mm-hmm. special. Because to me, someone my age, you say the breakfast club, it's a movie. So you said there's a thing called the breakfast club. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking of like Emilio Estevez and Molly Ringwall, the breakfast club. And then I, I literally think about this thing because I listen to Hot 97 sometimes during the day, right? Charlemagne and it's, you the know, God. Hot 97, Charlemagne the God, and he's Ooh. mentioned. And Chris Rock talked about how Will Smith was getting abused by Charlemagne and by The Breakfast Club. And I was like, wow. Now if you say The Breakfast Club, does it mean a radio show? It doesn't mean yeah. this movie from the 80s? And you said The Breakfast Club, and I'm like, wait a second. Think called The Breakfast Is he talking about Charlemagne? Is, is, he, is he talking about DJ Envy? <laughs> What was he talking about? Angel, Angel no, Lee. you were talking about Tim Grover. Tim Grover. No, they had actually it was a it was a great show this morning. They had on Remy Ma, who um who you can you take a look who so she bad. is, right? No, but here's You're why. So just shut the just listen, because you actually will understand this. Because I say it. All right. I say this, and you say it. She talked about how. All of the come-ups that she's had in the music industry were for work she's done for free. Didn't get royalties. Didn't get. Didn't get much. It's like, oh, Fat Joe says you want to. Oh, you want you want to be on all the way up? Okay, just put me on. We'll see if it works. She, and she's so they were making a joke about how much she's going to get paid to be the co-host of Breakfast Club, and she's like, well, I mean, all the best stuff I do, I do for free. You know, the money will come. But if you work for free, if you you know you get yourself involved in the right projects, even if you're not going to get paid for that, the money will come down the road. So I I actually it's funny how the world kind of interacts because we talked about Chris Rock. I remember that wow, a little Breakfast Club. Then I was listening to today, and not only was the Breakfast Club on, and I thought of our interaction, but then she did this whole speech, and you and I have talked about this a bunch of times. So it all kind of comes full circle, and then you bring up the Breakfast Club. A different breakfast club with Tim, Ernie, and Bert, and Grover, your yeah, friend. Tim Grover, man, he's uh, he's not forever. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's interesting to see how 
Just so we got to get you a Tim in, Grover man. PMG from this last release. We got to find like. <laughs> Did, was he in it? Yeah, Tim Grover had a card in it with PMGs. Yeah, that's actually cool. We should get that, and we should send it to him because I don't think he knows anything about cards or collecting cards. But I'm sure, he knows it. he was. I don't think they put the set together without him knowing. I think he has to know the card is being made of. Him. You know how Tim Grover got the job to work for Jordan? So he no. sent a, a handwritten letter to every single teammate, every single player for the Bulls, except for Jordan, because he figured Jordan didn't need any coaching or training. Mm, Jordan went into one of the players' lockers I and grabbed the letter and said, "What is this?" He he gave it to the medical staff. He said, uh, "Go vet this guy." He, they vetted him for three months. He said, "All right." They gave him an address and show up here. So Tim I'm going to ask you to pull up the Skybox Metal Tim Grover card, and here's why, right? Because Tim Grover. When you the way you talk about him, who's that Navy SEAL guy? You know, the guy is like, wake up at five o'clock in the Jocko, morning. Like, Jocko Willick. Yeah, dude, this is a hilarious photo. So Why I, did they so use I, this? Photo? I have never looked up this what Tim Grover looked like, but seen. that that Jocko Navy SEALs, that's the picture I've had in my brain. Because you talk about Tim Grover like this deity, like this, like this trainer of of gods. And then I open up this skybox medal <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is this fat guy? I'm like, who is this guy? This is who Andrew has as like his guy. He's like, he looks horrible. Hey, do you remember these? Like these this guy looks like I could do this. Like, Cage, you remember these watches that like it, it could go yeah. like fifty feet below beneath water? Yep. I like, like a G Shock. What about yours? Yeah, the yeah. G Shocks. The G Shocks. Tim Grover there. He, look, he looks like Tim Snuffleupagus. What are you doing with that? He's, he, that's not what I was expecting. I saw the card. I'm like, this is the guy that Andrew talks about. This guy trained Jordan. He looks like understand. a weeble. In the, in the hobby manufacturing business, what they try to do is make people as unflattering as possible. The Zion fatness campaign. But Padini ran from basically 2018 is, is insane. They used every photo of him that made him. The Chronicles one is terrible. It oh, looks like he just had fat a 6,000 calorie breakfast. Or so we've touched it all, guys. Um, we've got some shows coming up. I'm going to be at Philly that's on Saturday. Please send me a DM. Yeah, that's what she said. Good job. I heard you. And some comedy and some levity to the episode. Another another banger of an episode. I love this. I'll be at Philly on Saturday. Please send me a DM if you're going to be there. I'll try to make sure that we stop by if you have a table or just meet up with you. Um, bring in my son. He'll be a little blonde kid wearing a Tyrese Maxi jersey, so he's hard to miss. Um, you know, you guys, you guys will, uh, will see him there. Um, we'll be at Mint. Um, I was planning, by the way, of going Mint starting Friday, but I a, a door may have opened, and I may be coming out a little earlier now, which is wow. not going to make not going to make the Mint people happy because they booked my airfare yesterday, and I may have to have them change it. You can still cancel it. Um, two players I want to talk about, and we're oh. all excited for you to come to Mint early. Maybe I have a, I have one more topic too. By the way, I have another topic. But Maybe it's cigar night. No, I don't know. We might have to try something. I've I have looked up different cigar bars. I have called a few. It may be an impromptu kind of thing. If we get the people going, we we might be able to do it. But no. So here's the, the cigar I, night at National was impromptu too, and it was a guys the hobby. We've had a fun week here on our show. Lots of lots of life lessons. Some of you loved it. Some of you hated it. Some of the whole nine yards. It works in all different ways. And I will say, hobby optimism for the sake of hobby optimism, you know, whatever it is, I came on here, talked about, you know, International Women's Day, got a whole bunch of people. We should try to, you know, prop each other up. Doesn't mean you can't call somebody out. And yesterday, Andrew uh, advised me that I was called out 
by one of our brethren shows, right? One of our, you want to call them a competing show? Fine. That the uh, sports card. And this guys, relic is trash. <laughs> they did not like my handling of Ben from Fanatics. Uh, they went as far as to say that I'm costing my child his college education somehow. And then a whole, there were a whole bunch of, of, of interesting things that went on in the thing. I did not post about it. I did not go into my stories and, you know, and, and, you know, whine about it. There's actually some validity to what they're saying. Um, you know, I, I love Ben. Ben handled it perfectly. I love the Fanatics team. I still think that the product itself has some flaws to it. Uh, we could talk about that. But what I did was I picked up my phone. Yes, you can still call people with phones, folks. I know it's an old man thing to do. And I called Mike Geo. He picked up. Second ring, we talked for about 45 seconds, and he said, come on show next week. Let's talk it through. It's fun stuff that the hobby wants to hear about, and I'm never going to go out there and kind of call out Cage without giving you a chance to respond. So come on. So next week, guys, look for that, a little Cage guest appearance on Sports Card Nonsense, um, the two podcasts that are going to be doing a live podcast at Mint, what made me think of this. Um, and yeah, just fun stuff. So, I mean, listen, guys, the fun part about that is we have literally the best hobby in the world. There's nothing that even comes close to this unless you're drunk and then you like bourbon and wine. That's fine too. But even then, even then, this is the best hobby in the world. We get to collect cards of people we're fans of. Even Andrew, he's riding high, collecting his Jokic cards because he's loving watching the guy play, rooting for him to win the MVP. He's invested and having fun collecting the cardboard at the same time. Non-sports, you're a stranger thing, whatever. It's the best hobby in the world. We can have disagreeing points with each other. We can. And I believe that adds to the discourse. There is not one way to hobby. There are a lot of ways to hobby. We all can have our points. We can all have our says out there. And I think what I'm going to try to do is continue to have those discourse, continue to have that conversation with folks the way that we're trying to do it here. Get out there with sports card nonsense and talk it through. They can tell me why they love Top Series 1 as much as they do. On the record. On, on the record. Um, <laughs> and on the line. As someone who's... Love those guys, by the way. Jesse's As somebody who's gone through Not you, Mike. buying and selling cars based on this fundamental principle, I've learned that it's flawed. And it's this. If X player is worth this much in this card, this guy should be worth 10%. That's a flawed mentality that seems on the surface like it's it's brilliant, logical, makes sense. What what could be wrong with that? You call that the Trey Young percentage. Here's what's going to be wrong with that. Oftentimes, the card that you're benchmarking against is overpriced and more likely to come down in price than yours to go up in price. The card I'm talking about that I specifically am referencing is the SGA National Treasures one of one It's on PWCC Premier. I think it's at like $200,000. And what the narrative will probably start being in the next week is, well, SGA is one-tenth of the player of Luca. If Luca sells for $3 million, Shouldn't the SGA sell for 300000 No. No. It shouldn't. Here's why. Because this is not a liquid market. There's not infinite comps. There's one comp on the Luka. And we know who bought the Luka. So think about where this money comes from to park into the Luka and then realize it's not telling you how the entire market is working. 
It's simply saying that this one card was purchased by this one person for this amount and now pegging other cards from the same release of different players against this card is is um the defense is advice the dude defense's case does not hold water gotta have positive traction can't make those marks without positive traction no so and there's an added layer to the cards you're talking about as well and that is that is a one of one and all pricing comparisons discussions and reasonableness go out the window with a one of one all you need are two people who want to be and claim to be the sga collectors of the world whether they are the two richest people in Oklahoma City, whether they are collectors who you know want to be the SGA super fan, a card like National Treasures Rookie 101 comes out and you have the two of them battling for it. The pricing goes you know out of the window, same as a Luca, same as a 101. That said, your rationale and your thought process is 100% right. We've talked about this. We've talked about this with with you know with with quarterbacks. We've talked about this with you know Herbert as opposed to Hertz, right? And that was the great one we had. It's not about a one-on-one. It's people were, were, were yelling at us this year saying, Herbert's cards are $10,000 and Hertz are two. So Hertz is having just as good of a year, maybe even better. So Hertz's card should be 10 also. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to keep buying it up to four, five, six, seven, because Hertz's card should be the same as Herbert's. They should be 10 also. But as they're buying them up to two, three, four, five, six, seven, Herbert's 10 is now eight, seven, six, four. You know what I mean? And you've now bought above. So the point is right. When you're making those comparisons, remember that the, the top side comparison, usually when people are making their comparison up to Luca, up to whoever it is, is one that's at its top. It's usually at its peak. It's at its like someone paid that money for it. They are, you know, it was perfect conditions. That guy was performing well. He had just hit his, his, you know, three pointer in the playoffs or whatever, you know what I mean? So I, I value this. We've talked about it. You have to take into account that maybe yours is undervalued, but maybe the card you're comparing it to is also overvalued. Unless this card has a track record of selling, like Honus Wagner, I don't think it's ever sold for less than it. If we're talking about these one-of-ones, think about the people that buy them. They're not buying these cards to own these cards. They're buying these cards more likely than not to clean their money. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I have no idea if that's true. I do know people who own one-of-ones. Not $3 million one-on-ones, but I do know people who own these cards. And I think it's just as fair to say that they are buying the card on the hope that the market picks up, the player picks up, and that they can flip the card for a $3 million card to flip it for a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's not a bad day's work. You know what I mean? So That's I don't naivety. know. If it's, not, I'm maybe, not but mantles. I'm not ready to I'm say not ta- I'm not talking about mantles. I'm not talking about cards with true provenance. I'm talking about these one of ones that aren't game worn, that have no affiliation with the player, that are not going to stand the test of time. If you really looked at this and been like, "This is a good investment," no one would ever say that it's a good investment. I mean, what is a, and is not a good investment in the hobby changes over time, um, and you know we can look back and and figure out what was the sought after card in the hobby over different decades, and that has changed, and I think it continues to change, and I think Cage, even my let's own- say. I apologize to cut you off. Let's say that Luca ends with with ten uh, titles, Mm -hmm. six MVPs. Yep. Where does that Luca logo man like? What does that card price go to? It depends on a lot of things. So that's going to be fifteen years from now, right? 
15 years of fanatics marketing with Ben Taylor overseas, bringing in 10 times the amount of people that are in the hobby every year, year over year, you name it. And maybe in that year, 15 years from now, you know, hobby boxes are thousands of dollars and people are paying crazy money for, you know, for national treasures. I mean, they're already thousands of dollars now. Maybe it's a $20,000 national treasures box because the hot rookie RPAs that are out of 99 or one of ones, there's now thousands of big time collectors who want them, right? And everybody wants them. So now the Josh Giddy of that year, instead of it being 10,000 for the uh, true, you know, RPA out of 99, maybe it's a $30,000 card. Maybe it's a $40,000 card. Maybe the one of ones, a million dollars just for the rookie that you're prospecting. I don't know, right? So maybe that Luca is 10, 12, $15 million. Who the hell knows? And I only say that not because I want to just make the argument hard for you, because I remember Mickey Mantle cards. I remember high-grade Mickey Mantle cards and Mickey Mantle rookie cards, and they didn't sell for anything like what they're selling for now. I re- I was offered a Honus Wagner card myself for $175,000. I didn't have the money. I tried to get people to to buy it with me, and I and I couldn't get people to split the, the card with me. I wish I did because obviously that card is worth a lot more. It would be at the time when someone was paying $175,000 for what was uh, you know probably a one um, uh, Wagner, um, the, if I would have paid that people were like, what the hell are you doing? Gretzky paid $450,000 for his. And, you know, he didn't even make any money on that one, the Gretzky McNall one. And and what are you doing? But now you look back and you're like, holy shit, what a bargain. How did I pass that up? You know, and things change, things change over time. I don't know what what the hobby is going to be like. I can make an argument the exact opposite way. You know, I was in a taxi medallion auction, where I was going to buy a taxi medallion for it. They auctioned yeah. them off, you know, the the, the TLC. Yeah, and, and and it was a closed this auction. This is back in the I, 90s, right? This was, back, this was early 2000s, this was, because I was out of law lost school. because Uber would have crushed you. What? So you have, you have, you've done what I like to do. I like to take a, a story and make it five minutes. You just got to the end and ruined <laughs> the whole it. story in 13 seconds. It's great. It's why we work, right? So, so but yes, I bid. In a sealed bidding process, my sealed bid was $1,100 too low, right? Three years later, the, the medallion was worth three times what the, what the bid was accepted. Now it's worth less. Things change over time. I'm not saying there's going to be an Uber that comes in and disrupts the hobby, but just as easy for me to say, hey, maybe that Luca card is worth $20 million because of all the people loving it. Maybe the Luca that's worth $20 million is a damn NFT. I have no idea. Nobody was thinking about Uber when I was trying to buy a taxi medallion. The reason that medallion went up is know. because the supply stayed the same, right? The supply of medallions, you don't flood, mm-hmm. and demand increased. We we see profit in this, so that had yeah. utility. But the, the supply of a Luca one of one is going to stay the same, and you'd like to think that demand is going to increase if things are done the right way. Here's the issue. The supply of Luca is already not one of one. We think because this is a one of one NT that it's mm-hmm. a one of one, but that's not what happens. Buyers, rational buyers come to the market and they're like, what's the best Luca I could buy for X budget? And there's infinity Luca. There's one, one national treasures. There's one of one flawless. There's a one of one prism. There's an out of 10 gold. There's an out of five. Okay. Black there's gold. infinity Mickey mantles too. No, there's not. There's there only are. one 1952 tops. There's only one of his rookie year. One. No, no. The only differentiator is the grade. Now we're bidding Bowman. There's many, many different years. If you're not talking about like rookie stuff, is Burke Ross in 52? There's 52 Bowman. But 52 Tops is not even his rookie. And there's thousands of the cards. There's thousands of them. 
literally thousands of that Mickey Mantle. Thousands of the same exact card. There's only one Luca one of one. It's only one Luca National Treasures one of one. I don't believe in that market. I don't think that there is a true market. I think there was one buyer, or there was obviously a lot of buyers at different prices. There's one buyer who said, I'm going to outbid anybody. I have the money. And this is where I want my money to be saved. I get it, dude. Listen, I understand what you're saying. I don't know if it's an argument we're ever going to win. The passage of time will let you know what that card is worth over time. Well, hopefully, Luca does have some of that success. I wish success on everybody like that. I will tell you, though, you know, when if you go back collecting it not too long ago, somebody were, were to have said that the Mickey Mantle in PSA 10 would sell for 30 or $50 million. People would think you were absolutely, people think you were on more drugs than you're actually on. But that's a reasonable tweet right now, right? And that's not. I don't feel the same. And that's fair. And I can't even argue that. I'm just telling you about how, it, given enough time, you set the parameters here that Luca basically became the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron. He won all of these awards. He became that next generational talent. It would be the first time you had a true one of one V card for a player. You don't even have that for LeBron. We're seeing a million dollars paid for LeBron's Chrome Gold, which is a card that's out of 50. You're seeing millions paid for his RPA out of 23, right? If if Luca does what you say he's, he's going to do, again, you set the parameters, and he becomes that LeBron Jordan type of generational talent, and there is the, a clear-cut best card for him, which no one's ever had before. You know? You're, this is not even Jordan's Green PMG, which would sell for millions of dollars, and there's 10 of them. This is now a true one of one. I know there's other options, just like there's other options for you know for other players. Why I brought up Mantle is, you know, a, a, a seventh year Mantle PSA ten just sold for half a million dollars. You know, it's crazy, right? You know, but because of the scarcity of it, you know, people want to. All all I'm picturing in my brain is: Do you remember Bugdon from Breaking Bad? And he ran a shitty car wash. Mm-hmm. They came and Skyler bought the car wash, eight hundred thousand yep. dollars. And she turned it in. It was flat. She even went to Walt. She's like, well, the car wash is doing so well. Yep. You might need, you might, you don't, might not even need to do what you're doing. But what's that car wash worth? Is it what the car wash? What's the value? Where is the I understand the from? point you're making, but I'm not going to have you go from one week being the hobby villain to the next week being the hobby tinfoil hat wearer because it's not something that I want you to be either of. It, I want to stick to what we know. It's the cards. I yeah, but it's not. Listen, there are there are people out there who could be the hobby villains, and there are people out there who could be the hobby, you know, conspiracy theorists. I'm sure there's value in all of it. And guess what? I'm sure there is some. You know, the underbelly of the hobby is filled with stuff that we could probably do exposes on like crazy. But we started this off. It's International Women's Day. You know, we 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 started this off with some hobby positivity. We talk we talk about the way we're going to do this. I will promise you this: you get some evidence about washing. I'll, I'll, we can go ahead and we can put it out there. But my I'm fear, looking at you and, I, and you don't wash. I can tell. Look at you. You're my, fear, my fear is <laughs> that other cars will be benchmarked against this car wash. I other get car it. Wash I get it. Like, I get it. Hey, that car wash, look at all their like, – look at the numbers on that car wash. And it's I get like, it. I'm I mean, not listen, so sure about those numbers. The LeBron so I don't, out of I don't 99, think I right? I mean people are like, yo, it's a million-dollar card. It's a million-dollar card. And I'm – you know, when I valued the one that I had, holy cow. I know it's not the greatest condition card, but, you know, benchmark it against the ones that were millions of dollars that were selling for $2 million or a million and change, and all of a sudden it's not. So I get what you're saying. The pop – 
the 35 to 200 range is where I'd feel safe as an investor. I'd be a little worried if it's too, if it's there's too little supply because it's so easily manipulatable, and I'd be okay. worried if there's too much supply. There's this sweet spot, I believe, in this like it, it, these numbers are arbitrary, but like 35, 50 to 200. Okay. Too little is so easily manipulated. In I such get that. A, and I'm not telling you to not talk about it. It's definitely a valid thing that should be talked about in the hobby because you, you know our listeners are considering buying these cards, buying these players, and they're making those I like comparisons. And I, I some of the, the comparisons are, are flawed. I like SGA also. I don't know if I'd pay $200,000 for his one-on-one, but I'm sure there are people out there who think that's a bargain, right? Because they SGA is having a great year. And if he continues to do I mean, I don't argue he probably is the most valuable player. I was just going to, I was going to put him in the MVP, MVP discussion, you know, the MVP conversation. But I mean, listen, we're having some fun here. Let's continue the fun. Guys, um, take a look. Marathon. Can I? You were right, man. I'm always. The Warriors locker room is broken. And I saw you see my story. The fractured, the fractured. It's, yeah. He doesn't pass to him. He's wide open. And not only does he not pass to him when he's wide open, Draymond, you talk about the histrionics. He knows he's not passing to him, and he wants everyone to know he's not passing to him. He, he flipped out. Yeah. They can't win on the road. Their offense is so complicated. It took years for them to – KD's this amazing unicorn. He could fit into any system just because of his play. He makes life easier. I don't think he's the number one, but if you put him at number two, he'll grasp an offense like that. Now you have all these young guys, and they don't get it. They don't get the Warriors' offense, and I think that's the frustration of the like Draymond, who believes in in passing and switching. The, you know, uh, and these young guys, they have talent, but they don't get it. And I, you were absolutely right; there is a fracture. And I think they were frustrated that Poole got all that money. Not that he didn't earn it; he probably earned it with uh, his playoff performance, but he didn't earn it with knowing how they play. He didn't commit yeah. to that, and I think that frustrated him. And you were right. That I, I offense, thought they were back. Ball rotation is more key to that offense than anything else, any other offense in the game. And Poole, it doesn't look like he is on the same page as the other players. So I'm with you 100%. 100%. Um, guys, I have a post out there with I've narrowed down my PC to like 15 cards of what I could bring to Brigandi. Great conversation on there. I love the conversation with which ones are the three I should bring to show and tell. Nobody give Kirby Puckett any love. I'm going to say that right off the bat. Of the 15 cards, Kirby no gets really no love. He did. Kirby gets no love. Um, but it's funny, man. The Billy Ripken bat with the curse on it gets a lot of love. It gets a lot of grippy. gets a lot of love. It's great to hear not just what cards people would bring, but why. One of my favorite comments on there was 52 Mantle, 33 Gowdy, 89 Griffey. Because those were the first years for those companies. Those were like iconic sets because it was what were you they know, again? Say this again. Thirty-three Gaudi. So that's the first okay. bubblegum card, right? Okay. Then fifty-two tops for the Mickey Mantle, and then the eighty-nine upper deck. And say like how if you do it the right way and you bank on the right players, like the thirty-three Gaudi was their first bubblegum set. They put four roots in the set, four Ruth cards, four different set. types, four different Ruth cards: the green, yellow, the yellow, red, green. the red, and the bat, the full batting pose, right? So they knew, and I mean, they did the same thing. Garrick had two cards. Fox, had two, they loaded it up with their stars that were bankable. This way, people could have those cards, and and people could have the stars that they that they um, you know they were looking for in the set. Some of the scrubs only had one card, right? Fifty two 
they went out there and they made that mantle card. Like that, that was, that was the card and they banked on that card and it's become, you know, an art card. 89 upper deck card. Number one, Ken Griffey Jr. Do you know what in a 792 card top set for, for 1989, do you know what number Ken Griffey Jr. was in the 792 card top set? Number one. No, they didn't have him in a 792 card set. He wasn't even in it because that was his rookie year. They had already developed a set. He doesn't have a card in 89 tops until the tops traded set. They had to put him in the traded and updated set as a rookie who came up you know, later on. Same thing as 89 score, right? I think it matters. It means Upper Deck took a chance on a rookie that had never played to be the anchor for their brand. And I think it paid off tremendously for them because now the iconic card number one of the first Upper Deck set is Ken Griffey Jr. Whereas some of those other sets, the names you know, he had a card in Fleer. He had a card in Donruss. He didn't have a Topps card until the update. The Shack is a one number one as well. The Shack is number one, and that's a different story also because the Shack in 1992-93 Upper Deck Series 1, the card that I have was not in it. In that first series, there was the trade card. You could get in packs, 1B, the right? redemption card. That then became card 1B, and this card was actually pack pull. Yes. So that's got its own story as well. It's 1A and 1B. 100%. That Shaq card's cool, but I will also tell you, you why I love it. that stuff matters to collectors? It matters to me because that card has a story to it and that card is cool looking, but I will tell you when I was a kid in 1992-93, that was not the card that people were going after. That was not sought after. You know what card was? The Stadium Club, which people don't even care about Stadium Club now. No. Stadium I actually Club. have one running right now, the Member's Choice Shaq uh, SGC died, 99 cents. <laughs> so the member's choice is like a rookie debut like the one where he's kind of like on an angle like that and even the the stadium club is you know it's known for great pictures the regular shack is not the best picture but i mean let me ask you this then shoot i have a theory but let me ask you uh we we know 2018 is super high pop in prism do you know the variation the layup jaw uh variation 2019 yeah the, the, the 1920 like those, those what do you think those. about that that's a different pose I mean, it's set. it's interesting. It probably you know will have a premium because it's less. Um, it's so cheap, dude. It's but like what's weird about it is, bucks. but it's thought of as like a, it's it's like an alternate card. One of the things that makes these these things iconic is everybody wanted a Zion rookie. You know what the Zion rookie looks like? It's held out, you know, as the card. The variation. Not everybody has a variation. Not everybody's going to put a premium on it. It's not the card. You know what I mean? Like like everybody knows what the Luca Prism is. You know what the picture is. You know what the card looks like. Everyone knows what the Tatum prism is. You know, the variations are tough because there just weren't those variations all along. And a lot of people don't even okay, – if you put if you put a, a piece of paper and a pencil in front of 10 hobbyists and say, do me a favor and draw what the Zion and Ja prism rookies look like, right? We're going to get some ugly drawings. I would draw – I can't even draw a stick figure. But everyone's going to draw the standard card. No one's drawing the variation. When you close your eyes and think about what card you want, what card there's going to be demand for, that variation may there may be one tenth of the of the pop, pop five hundred PSA, but probably less than one tenth of the of the demand. Yeah. Also, I mean, pop two twenty thousand in PSA ten five hundred thirty of the variation. That's another episode marathoner, but he'll be yeah, fine. Man. I think people I think people like these. If you're on a treadmill, good for you. With nearly forty years as the most trusted resource for collectors dating back to the first Beckett magazine in 1984. Beckett has been the brand that bridges generations of the hobby. 
We're happy to be partnering with Beckett and look forward to keeping you all updated on the big things happening at the company in 2023. Beckett, it's the name you know and the name you can trust.